This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's Friday, October 9th, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to a special report, episode 248 of Defender Radio. Wolf Week begins on October 12th, and this year, the wolves could certainly use your help. Two massive culling programs are underway in Western Canada. Horrific traps remain legal, and many people still have a culturally instilled fear of these keystone canids. But these beautiful, family-oriented creatures play an integral role in our ecosystems, and there is much we can do to help them. To help discuss some of the ways we can get involved, as well as tell us more about a series of events taking place in BC, Alberta, and Ontario during Wolf Week, we were joined by Sadie Parr of Wolf Awareness Incorporated. To start out, could you give the brief history of yourself and Wolf Awareness Incorporated, um, you know, where, where the organization has come from, why it was created, and so on? Sure. Um, briefly, I guess, it started in 1987 by a man named Hank Halliday. He founded it. And he had been a teacher of 35 years and started going into schools with his dog and educating about wolves. And he found um, there was extreme fascination. People wanted to know more about these animals. So he started putting together educational programs, which have evolved. He's won awards for them now. Um, but early in the process, Hank realized that if he was going to be educating about wolves, he wanted to have the most up-to-date, accurate information about them. So he began to become involved with the Algonquin Park research that John and Mary Thaberge were doing. And him and his wife volunteered, I believe, for more than 10 years. Hank was actually the pilot for that. And Wolf Awareness played a large part with other organizations in helping to establish the buffer zones around Algonquin Provincial Park. So that was 39 townships that prevented the um, hunting or trapping of both wolves and coyotes. And it's... um, a success story for wolves that I return to, just the establishment of buffer zones. I think it's a great model, and many of our protected areas need that. So really, the organization was built on the concept of wolf conservation through research and education. Um, We also have evolved to do more public outreach, too, and public presentations, film screenings, working with teachers to add this to their curriculum. Um, and over the years have been involved in various research projects. The Central Rockies Wolf Project was done through Wolf Awareness as well, and that had some very high-profile biologists working, um, including Dr. Paul Paquette and Dr. Shelley Alexander. And one of the things that was identified through this research was that our national parks, um, at least the mountain national parks and most other parks in Canada, are sinkholes for wolves. They're not large enough to protect Um, multiple families. So part of the messaging for wolf awareness is that we have to look beyond just numbers of wolves. We are interested in conserving intact family units um, and really highlighting the intrinsic value of these animals as well as their incredible ecological role as an apex predator, an umbrella species, and a keystone species. So just meaning that the sheer presence of a wolf and wolf packs on the landscape influence many other species and ecological processes. And this is something that we can celebrate um, because we still have 
intact predator-prey systems in Canada. Wolves really help promote balance and biodiversity. So part of the goal is helping the public to understand and appreciate the needs of wolves, but also if we are able to do that, um, protect their habitat requirements by default, many other species benefit too, because as large carnivores, they do have very large territorial requirements. One of the things that is um, very fascinating about wolves is they are still very misunderstood and highly persecuted. So we do try to foster an appreciation and an understanding of them and make sure that their biological needs are met. But with wolf conservation, a lot of it comes down to improving human tolerance too. So we really work to foster coexistence, um, promote methods of responsible husbandry, um, and just show people that our landscape is big enough to coexist with these incredible animals. Um, that's it, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right now there are really two major things, uh, two major threats facing wolves in Western Canada. Uh, in BC, in Alberta, I believe they're pretty similar. Could you uh, outline... What's going on with the culls for people who may not have been following these uh, these stories? Yeah, so basically both Alberta and British Columbia have recently stepped backwards in time and started aerial gunning wolves once again. Um, there are so many things that are unjustifiable about this practice, but I'll let you know that it is being done under the guise of caribou conservation. It's very important to recognize that wolves have not put caribou in this situation. This is something that humans have done through ongoing habitat destruction, and we continue to do that. Um, this has been going on for decades, even though biologists have been recommending for a long time to leave more of the forest intact for caribou, um, which are sensitive even to just human disturbance and presence, right? Um, so wolves in this case are being scapegoated. We have not protected enough of the habitat for these caribou to thrive um, in perpetuity. In BC, there's two sections where the aerial gunning is happening. It's the South Selkirk and the South Peace areas. And in Alberta, it's happening around the Little Smoky Caribou Herd, which is near Hinton, Alberta. So just to give you some numbers to kind of paint the picture of how serious this is. Over the past seven years, Alberta killed more than 800 wolves in the Little Smoky Caribou Herd area. I know, that that's a big number. Um, that is not only using aerial gunning. Alberta is very horrifying um, in that they also use poison on the landscape. So not only wolves are suffering horrendously from being poisoned through either strychnine or 1080, both of which are used in the province of Alberta, but everything sharing that food web um, can suffer horrendously and die. So there have been a lot of non-target animals that um, have been killed through this too. Alberta is also using um, baited traps to capture a lot of the wolves in this region. And again, um, traps are indiscriminate in, in who they kill. So there's many other species, not only wolves, that are suffering. Um, this is ecologically insane. I've you know, just described the role of wolves as a keystone species, an umbrella species, which influence many other animals, um, birds, insects, fish, the flow of rivers, the growth of trees. Um, so killing wolves 
is not likely going to bring these care back to the rest of the ecosystem. The science is flawed in both of these. Um, I call them experiments because it has never been shown or proven that killing wolves on a large scale has been effective at increasing ungulates um, in the long term. So there's no evidence that this has ever worked in history, yet it's something that we continue to do. This time, it is hugely against um, mass public sentiment. There's been a lot of opposition, but it continues to go ignored. Um, the last thing, at Wolf Awareness, we really believe that this is just ethically wrong and morally unjustifiable. Um, we don't believe it is right to kill one species to save another, even if it would work. Um, you know, this is this is something that, again, humans have driven the mountain caribou to this situation. Um, the southern Selkirk herd are down to, I believe, 17 animals in number. An avalanche could wipe them out. An uh, uh, accident on the crow's nest pass could wipe them out. Yet our government is prepared to kill hundreds of wolves over the next five years minimum in order to help these 17 caribou. Well, these caribou are on what I consider an island of extinction. Um, it's an isolated habitat patch. They're cut off from other areas, so there's no new genes coming in. Um, nobody's talking about climate change. And habitat development continues in this area, as well as recreation, such as snowmobiling and heli-skiing, all of things which are um, very detrimental to caribou. As I've mentioned, they are, they're really sensitive species, and they need space. All right. Um, no, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty clear that people oppose these calls, people oppose, uh, the scientists oppose the quote-unquote science being uh, heralded by the governments. What can people do, though? What What is the, the solution for us as advocates to get involved and make a difference? That's a great question. Um, first of all, we have to I think really keep this discussion alive and let people know how uncomfortable we are that Canada is practicing this. Um, I mean, it's archaic. So talking to your peers and raising the profile on this issue because it does keep getting you know pushed under the rug. We hear about, for example, Cecil the lion, and the world was very upset about that. Well, we have Cecil the wolf in um, you know Canada that is being targeted like that every single day of the year. Um, and again, most people don't recognize that that's happening. So increasing the awareness, talking to decision makers on every level. Um, so visiting your own um, local MLA or whatever it is at your local level, having this dialogue with them, letting them know how important wolves are for the rest of the ecosystem. And also, I really think going back to the ethical argument, I mean, this is just plain wrong. Would anybody shoot their dog? I mean, most people wouldn't, right? It's as simple as that. If you love your dog, realistically, you owe it to a wolf because that's where they've come from down the line. I really think that it is important to be targeting um, some key decision makers, um, the premiers of both provinces, as well as um, all this information is available on our website. If, if 
people are looking for specific contacts. Um, but I just encourage every level of government to be contacted. Um, I'd like to see people bringing their dogs down to visit their local representatives and, you know, bring, bring that message home that these are intelligent animals that are family oriented. They form strong bonds and we're killing them in ways that are not even acceptable under the animal welfare standards. Um, and, and you're having a couple of events during Wolf Week to, uh, to really help raise awareness. What are those going to be like? That's right. So there's, we've got events in BC, Alberta, and Ontario, and they're all a little bit different. So in British Columbia, we have Gary Allen and Tundra, who is his ambassador wolf. Um, he's doing presentations in Courtney on October 13th, Victoria on October 15th. So this is a great way to come and actually see what these animals are all about. Um, it's not a pet, it is an ambassador, and Tundra is used to being around people. It's taken a lot of work on Gary's behalf, but she really represents, you know, the beauty and majesty of these animals. So he'll be talking about, um, you know, the, the issues that are threatening their conservation, as well as just celebrating the incredible role that wolves play in nature. Um, in Alberta, we have events on the 16th and 17th of October, so that's a Friday and Saturday. The 16th is in Calgary. And at both of these events, we are going to be screening a documentary called Unnatural Enemies. And this is a recent release by Pyramid Productions that is really focusing on what's happening to wolves in Alberta. Um, as I kind of alluded to before, it's probably the worst place in the country for a wolf to live. Um, we've got mounties, we've got poison on the landscape, we've got aerial gunning, killing contests, and extremely lackadaisical hunting and trapping regulations. So letting Albertans know that this is happening in their area, again, many people aren't aware of, of these things. Um, so just trying to raise the profile about that, and we're also hosting some really... Um, amazing keynote speakers who have been involved with wolves. Um, Shelley Alexander, I'd mentioned she's from the, she worked on the Central Rockies Wolf Project. Um, and she will be speaking along with a PhD candidate, Victoria Lukasik, and Carolyn Campbell from the Alberta Wilderness Association is going to be speaking a little bit about bounties and how we can promote predator-friendly ranching and um, talking about that issue. In Edmonton on the 17th, we are hosting Kevin Van Tegum. So he's a naturalist and a fantastic author. Um, he also used to be the superintendent of Banff National Park, so very familiar with the situation of wolves um, at the national level as well as provincial level. Um, so, like I said, there, there will be a celebration um, at these events for the amazing fact that, you know, Canada still has a landscape that is whole enough to grow a wolf, um, but we also will be highlighting the threats to, that they're facing, you know, um, for, their sur for their survival as well as just for quality of life. And in Ontario, we also have some events being lined up now um, at some universities where there will also be screenings of 
lords of nature, or sorry, of unnatural enemies, and um, some discussion around that too. I don't know the details on that one yet. We're still working those out. Um, and finally, I guess the last thing that we are helping to release in British Columbia, we're working with Todd Pollich of the Earth Foundation, and we are going to pitch a contest to all schools across British Columbia to um, basically they have to submit something um, to either Wolf Awareness or the Earth Foundation about what they'll do to help wolves and the planet. And then they have the opportunity of winning a amazing large outdoor mural by Todd Pollich, who does wildlife scenes um, in public places. And it creates a lot of excitement and positive energy around these things. So again, another another fun opportunity there to um, just celebrate the fact that wolves are part of our natural legacy. To learn more about wolf awareness or any of the events Sadie discussed, visit wolfawarenessinc.org. That's it for this special report. Thanks to Sadie for joining me and to all of you for listening. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Defender Radio to find out what's coming up on future episodes. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.